Good morning, Superflex City. We are still freaking dancing in the city. Oh, what a feeling when you're dancing in the city. So still doing some some guests. We got a guest. He's coming in. Hold on a second, Andrew. Hold on. And we're going to still be getting some of our feels out on the music. But I would be crazy not to mention how important the charity side of this is and the Toys for Tots, the Fantasy Cares, and honestly, how much it inspires so many of us to do other charity things. With that said, with that said, and that's important, I don't, I don't want to like cut it short, but we are going to hop into this today. I've got Andrew Hall here at Andrew Hall FF in the Twitterverse. Andrew is a 107. Andrew, I'm going to let you tell them First of all, thanks a ton for being here. Tell them your division, and was that your first division choice? And if so, what was your second division choice? Yeah, hey there, Swags. Nice to see you. Nice to hear from you. So, uh, yeah, Andrew Hall FF on Twitter. And my division and Scott Fishbowl is the Incubus division. And I am a big Incubus fan. I've been to a bunch of shows. I've got a lot of their CDs, a lot of the older stuff. But it was not my first choice. Uh, my first oh, choice did not. I saw all your tickets. You yeah. had a bunch of ticket stubs. You had an autograph ticket stub. I did. I've seen Incubus, Incubus twice. I'm. I, I. I have ticket stubs too. I. I don't. I think I was at least at the Morning View tour. I did see you were at that tour. Yeah. You. I've probably been to two tours that you've been to because I think I saw at least four ticket stubs from you. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, well, I think I think it was four. No, I can't remember it. And you got me thinking about it. But no, I think it was four. And I know the one the first one that I went to was when they opened for 311 back in 2000, I want to say. Oh, wow. Back in the day. So that was a yeah. It was, so there's there's three Incubus shows and one audio event show. That's what it was. Audio event is like the little brother band of Incubus. Okay. Uh, where, where it was like Brandon and Mike's little brothers had a band. Sounded kind of similar, kind of like a knockoff. And so I, I, I was big into them, too, back when they were doing stuff. But, yeah, so I saw Incubus three times and Audio Event once. Okay, sweet. So your first choice. First choice didn't get selected as a division. And it's not even like my first choice that I put into Scott Fishbowl was Live, the band Live. Oh, Huge nice. fan of Live. Love Live. I've probably seen them four or five times now. Um, I didn't put any of, the, of those ticket subs up because they weren't a division. But that was the one that I put in when you could write it in. And then Incubus was my second choice on that list. And when he narrowed it down, Live didn't make the cut. I was like, oh, well, that's understandable. They're not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but I was like, that's that's probably my number one. But that's not even my favorite band. My favorite band, I was like, there's no way my favorite band is going to be a division. And my favorite band, who I've seen more than anybody, is Dream Theater, who is okay. a little bit more on the prog rock side and not very popular. I was like, nah, that's not going to be a division. So I didn't even put it down. But I'm very happy with Incubus. Like, I, I don't have any sort of, you know, regrets. There, there is no wrong answer when it comes to favorite band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. Like, and that's something that's been so cool about this is I listen to a lot of music. It's always been a huge part of my life. And that's kind of why I wanted to do these little short series here, because I mean, outside of for me and a broken record to anybody that's on the third one here with Andrew, like such a huge part of my life, like outside of fantasy football family. And then there's music to me. And that's like kind of the way it is for my children now too. And just seeping into them and, and just kind of how intimate it can be. Um, for, and, and everybody's favorite band can be different and you like, and you hate some of it for different reasons. Like for me, I have songs that, 
at one point in your life you may have even liked or have and you still have that certain appreciation for because you knew it was good but now maybe something's happened in your life maybe you just like grew out of the song maybe now you listen to it and you're like how did i think this was good <laughs> um yeah and, but i think that that's one of the fun things about music is how it connects to you and it becomes so so personal and on the same you have on, like any of those songs where like you you i don't want to say you used to like or love but where you you want to stay away from for whatever reason well so now it's almost the opposite with me i feel like a lot of the times like uh using incubus as an example for instance i mean when when make yourself came out i would play that thing top to bottom front back like all the way through every time you know what i mean but there were still some tracks on there that just didn't quite hit me at the moment and they weren't quite me at the time but listening to it now like aqueous transmission like that vibe just i feel that vibe so much more now because I, I guess i'm not so hurried it just it feels a little bit more me now than it was me then so i like it more now um and the same thing for live like some of those songs that i listened to a lot when i was growing up you know when i was in the 90s and and that's kind of when you're not when i was in my formative years and so those are the ones that stick with me and then i listen to them now and i'm like i'm i was i'm not that person anymore right so kind of in your in your vein what you're saying where it's like it's not like it's bad it's just it changed no i changed right and that's kind of what makes it so fun is that the music can stay a little bit the same but your interpretation can move as you get older i love that yeah i think that's great or you're maybe just not so ignorant or closed-minded so you listen to it differently it might even be the group of people that you were hanging out with in high school and um that that um herd mentality that acceptance that you and i have talked about so often when we talk about fantasy football and some of that like that acceptance is so huge at those ages that you might just be too close-minded to listen to that for whatever reason like for example now like i can literally say hey siri play 90s rock and hardly skip a song and i'm just like oh my gosh like i remember sort of like i don't want to say not being allowed to listen to this song because that's that's silly it was never that but just kind of knowing that it wasn't as cool or as accepted as what I was driving around in my car with my friends listening to. So you almost steered away from it a little bit, but now you listen to it and you're like, wow, like this is awesome. And then it puts you down another path where you, I don't know, I could do it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of, I mean, again, to hit back to Incubus, like I miss you, like that song. I, I love that song. I've always loved that song, but when I'm hanging out with my guys, I don't listen to, I miss you blaring loudly on the freeway. You know what I mean? Like the tone of that song doesn't fit at all for the audience. I agree with you 100 percent. And I think there are some times, too, and and when you're growing up, you're always trying to fit in. You're trying to, you know, there's this guy, there's this cool group that you want to be a part of. Or there's this guy in your class that you really want to be friends with. And he's really big into Matchbox 20. So you're like, yeah, I really like Matchbox 20. And then later on, you're like, they're not that great. But I don't know. I did what I had to do. You know, like it's just how you when you're growing up, you you, you kind of you, you mold yourself to the society. And then as you get older, maybe you get less worried about that yeah, right and you're you more willing to like sort of you said you yeah. kind of become yourself or more comfortable yeah. with yourself you're just like wow this is really good you're not so ignorant and closed-minded really you know yeah. um or i mean you could never really I, I don't remember ever listening to billy joel with any of my friends for example but i know that it was a part of my life and even if it was just like some of my moments you know or um I don't know. So it's, it's so crazy. I could go totally down that road. A question that I've tried to ask a lot of people is like, what was that first cassette tape 
or CD that oh, you man. remember actually purchasing? So if you couldn't tell from my three favorite bands that I've already mentioned, I have a pretty interesting wide taste, but mostly rock, mostly pop, you know, that kind of stuff. But my 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 first I don't remember my first cassette. I don't know if I really had a lot of cassettes just because of the way things went with my family and everything. But I do remember my first CD was Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. And I remember buying that CD like about a month after it came out, I feel like, because I had heard a couple songs on the radio and it was just I was loving that vibe. And it turned out, ironically, that same weekend I bought that CD. My brother bought the cassette. He was on a a work trip with my dad. And so we were in different cities. He bought the cassette and came home, was all excited. And I was like, yeah, I got the CD. He's like, oh, my God, like it was it was great. So the CD has still lasted, but the cassette is long gone. But, yeah, Yeah. so we both were big into into that kind of, you know, angsty rock in the 90s. it's funny you mentioned that too because I remember that transition between like trying to decide if I wanted to buy the CD and play it on my dad's stereo or buy the cassette tape and be able to play it like in my room and in my Walkman and on the go and still a lot of times because of having my own personal devices cassette tape would win out. Yeah, and um, I, I did more of the recording off the radio kind of thing. Like that was always yeah. my thing. I barely ever bought cassettes. I would just listen to the radio or. Or just, you know, like we had a local radio station in Columbus where I grew up and it was, uh, I was like 97 the Blitz. I can't remember. I can't remember the, the numbers now, but I remember listening to that. And then whenever something cool would come on, I would record. Right. And so I ended up just making a bunch of mixed cassette tapes. I didn't, I don't know if I bought any cassettes. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know if my first tape was because I would just make my own. And if it was a song I liked, I would just record it. And then I would have that in my Walkman for the next week or two until I got, you know, Saturday night, I would just sit back down at six o'clock and just start recording a bunch more stuff. So I I like doing that a little bit. But then you're right, though, that transition was tough because I didn't have a CD player. And then my mom got a new one. So I got hers, you know, and so that was kind of like that weird transition where now I have a cassette CD combo. I can record from CD to cassette on my own. It was such a big moment, you know what I mean? But that's right. Yep. Yeah, it was. But that's what I mean. Like you could record your friend's CDs. Yeah. And I remember making my own mixtapes. Like I would take, like uh, I would borrow friends CDs and record some of the songs onto tapes, not all of them. Cause I didn't like them all, like you were saying. Yep. So yeah, I would do all that kind of stuff for the next year or so after that. And then I remember some of my earlier records or record CDs were like, no doubt tragic kingdom and smashing pumpkins and melancholy. Oh, nice. you know, like that one. Yes. Um, I think there was Man, a garbage was in there too. I, I like early stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so those are kind of garbage. Garbage opened up for Smashing Pumpkins, uh, a Smashing Pumpkins, like a melancholy tour. Oh, yeah, that would have been great. They opened up for them. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but but that was even pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so those uh, are some of those early ones. We jumped the barrier and we ended up like that was one of the only concerts I ever like. I jumped the barrier with my friend, I followed him, I was a follower. And um, we we were front row for Smashing Pumpkins, like that whole freaking show. And dude, to this day, it, that was one of my favorite concerts ever. That was an amazing show. Oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. I don't um, think I ever saw Smashing Pumpkins, but man, I wish I had. That would have been a good yeah. time. Oh, you would know if you had. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> have you ever um, gone to a concert? I'll give you my example. So I'm a huge Deftones fan. I ended up going to concert to see them and I ended up see them outside super big venue. It was awful. 
I was so disappointed. Um, if I ever get, and I still listen to the Deftones, it didn't like steer me away from them, but it was awful. Like I've never been so disappointed by a concert where I was really excited to go see the Deftones. If I ever get another chance, I'll go see them like at a smaller venue. But have you ever went to a concert like that where it just freaking kind of sucked actually? Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of like one where it was bad. There were a couple that I went to, like some of my earlier concerts were like Collective Soul which I remember they were really good, but they, I forget who they were playing with, but we left, they were the opener and we left during the, the closing act. Cause it was just not that great. And it was Couple again, like an, out, yeah, like an outside amphitheater kind of thing, but that, whoever the closer was, I, I can't remember who it was now it's driving me nuts, but they, they were, they had like, again, like three big songs, but they weren't playing any of those. You know what I mean? They were playing like these other songs that other people knew, but I was like, eh, I kind of came to see collective soul. I'm good to go. You know, I don't need to stay. Um, right. I know there was another one and uh, that I remember that was with Nelly Furtado, I think, was was opening for Counting Crows, I want to say. And like Nelly Furtado had that one song, uh, like the I'm Like a Bird or whatever back in the day. And she was playing all these songs and yeah. nobody knew any of them. And everybody was kind of booing. And then she played that one song everybody knew and left. And everybody was like, oh, thank goodness. Now we can hear Counting Crows. Right. So like some of those I remember. But I don't know if that's fair because like I wasn't there to I see bet them. Counting Crows is pretty good. Counting Crows was great. Yeah, that was a terrific show. And that was one of my first concerts. So I just felt like every show was going to be like that, which obviously wasn't quite true. But that was a terrific show. And so that's one of those, again, where it just, you know, the way things go is just and the memories are weird, too, because it's like looking back, it's like it's so long ago now. <laughs> I just feel so old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get to that point where you're telling stories and they start to like and this this happened to me <laughs> too long ago, but where you're telling stories like they were yesterday and you're like, Oh, that was fifteen years ago. Right. But oh, that was twenty five like, years, yeah, oh, years ago. Yeah, exactly, great. dude. And you're just like, Holy cow. And uh now I do have a weird one though. Like speaking of like me. speaking about like when a show was bad, there was actually a show I, a concert I went to, I wanna say it was in ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere in there. It was um Nine Inch Nails with a Perfect Circle opening. And a Perfect Circle had just come out with Judith. And it was like that first single hit. And and everybody knew, I mean, a Perfect Circle, you know, Tool and all this. I was a big fan of all that. But everybody knew that one song, but nobody knew the other ones. Kind of like what I was saying for Nelly Furtado. But everybody there was there for Nine Inch Nails and had heard of at least a Perfect Circle and Tool. So everybody was in the audience very quietly listening to everything and very intently listening because none of these songs had ever been heard. It was like before the record had come out, like none oh, of wow. the were all just like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what we're hearing, but we got to listen. So that was like the other end of the spectrum where it was, it was amazing. That show was awesome. Cause it was like a record release party almost. Like we were all yeah. just there, just quiet. We're listening. You know, it was so cool. Yes. So like, that was a really unique event. In that that would be awesome. I'm a huge, like Maynard and yeah. tool fan. Um, yeah. Tool was my second choice. Actually Nirvana was my first choice. And then tool was my second and uh, I got into Nirvana, which is cool. But yeah, that makes me super jealous. Like yeah. everything you just said there, that's yeah. crazy. And, and then Nine Inch Nails was after that, right? So like we'd listen to this amazing record release and then got to see Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails blow the doors off this arena we were in. It was like one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I mean, it was like, I just, I can't, I can't say enough, like enough good things about it. Looking back, I was like, God, that was, might've been the so, peak of my life. You know, <laughs> did I see at one point you mentioned um, you went to see Guar? Oh, I've seen Guar like four times. And they which, don't they like they like spit blood on you, like fake blood and stuff yeah. all over you or 
So my, my roommate in college, uh, it was like the summer between uh, freshman and sophomore year, I want to say. I lived with this guy and his brother who were big Guar fans. I lived on their couch because I was I left the dorm, but I didn't have an apartment yet. And I decided to stay for summer to get some more classes done. And I remember he took me to a Guar concert. It was like on a Saturday night, and I had to work Sunday morning at 7 a.m. at the bookstore. And I didn't know what I was getting into. So we go Saturday night, and he's like, yeah, let's go up front. Let's go up front. And so we get like way up to the front of the concert, like pretty good seats, and and these huge animals come out and like this costumes and all this stuff. And then like halfway through, they just start like spraying you with blood and guts and other liquids. And it was just like, what is happening? And I was looking at my buddy. I'm like, is this normal? He's like, they do this every show. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I was soaked with the end of it. Like I had red ink everywhere. Like my hair was like red and green and stuff. And I had it like all down the side of my face. I didn't wipe it off for a while because I couldn't see it was there. So I go to work the next day. I was going to go to work and I literally couldn't. Like I took two showers. I couldn't scrub it off. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I look ridiculous. So I had to call in sick. But then I saw him a few more times after that and stayed way in the back. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't need to get in the mess. But their music is hilarious. They have some fun stuff. And those fans, man, Guar knows how to do it. So I thought about putting Guar as an option. But again, I was like, that's a little too niche. And I'm not sure I'm a big enough fan to deserve that. I don't think they have a division, do they? No, no. But again, it's like, I don't know if I'm a big enough fan to deserve it if they did. Like, just I'm a fan. But man, there are hardcore Guar fans out there, you know? So that's a fun band for sure. So speaking of Scott Fishbowl, we'll get back to Incubus and that division. Um, one of the time, the first, so man, you mentioned something that reminded me of the first time I saw Incubus, kind of like when you're there to see something and it sort of disappoints you a little bit. And um, first of all, every time I saw, I saw Incubus twice, both times it was awesome. But the first time, all I wanted was like heavy slashing, pardon me. And then in that moment, changed the stage set and they mm. went all acoustic on oh and not that that's bad but that's not what you wanted <laughs> exactly dude ex- and that's even how i left like even like speaking with i went with my wife and like speaking with her kind of in that moment you're like that was awesome but just still not it didn't fulfill like what i that just like Cause that's such a heavy moment for Incubus like that when they go into pardon me and like just the, I, I, I'm not going to do it. Cause I would, I, I'll sound like a fool if I start singing here, Andrew. So I, I apologize. I'm, I'm not Anybody saying who thought that was going to happen, but just that listen, go listen to pardon me if you haven't, or if you You've don't heard feel it. me on it, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just freaking awesome. And uh, I missed out. I got it on the second show. Okay. Nice. But, nice. um, but I missed out on it. Yeah, and so, I love some of their earlier stuff where it's even harder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a yeah. certain shade of green and like the science, which is my avatar. Or, you know, like that, that that's my jam right there. Dude, I yes. love that stuff. And and that's another thing, too, with music is sometimes when you do go back to those less popular mm-hmm. albums, like those are the ones like that, that just hit a little bit different when it, it's just so raw and natural. Which just so, brings me back to my high school days. You know, like it transports me back in time. I love that. Yeah. And and I don't think I mentioned because I'm not a good host, but <laughs> you you are a fantasy analyst for Fantasy Pros, correct? And yep. um, feel free to push anything you want, but I do we do want to know like how you're going to roll with that 107. Did you pick you pick the 107? I did, yeah. And so right in the uh, middle there for the three third round reversal is that your. That was my thinking. Yeah. And I, I've only done one third round reversal draft and I'm not very experienced with them. And I was like, well, you know what? This is a big tournament. I kind of at last year I was the 102 and the thought process there was I'll get either Mahomes or, or 
uh, CMC. And I was like, I just want one of those two guys and, you know, kind of roll from there. And there was a bunch of us in the 102 chat that were, you know, entirely happy with one or the other. At 107, there's a lot more options. There's a lot more variability. And so at the same time, coming back on the second turn, it's like, well, it's still right in the middle. So I don't have to like create or, or kind of start any runs, but I also don't miss out on a lot of the runs. So I feel like I can have a little more balanced team. And I'm actually speaking of that. I mean, there's actually an article I'm, I'm coming up with and writing right now that'll probably come out next month, I'm guessing on Fantasy Pros, uh, talking about drafting for balance and how, you know, you don't just need balance in the draft and like the, where the 107 is, but like drafting risk versus reward and like ceiling versus floor and age versus youth and like upside versus consistency and like all these things. You can't just have one of anything, though. I find the best way to win is to have a little bit of everything. And I was like, well, I can't really go and say that and like have an article come out and then draft at the end of a draft and, you know, be reaching for everybody. So I kind of again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of letting the draft come to me, too. So all that kind of combines together just to be like, this is my year to be in the middle. Uh, to kind of figure out where I want to go. And I think ultimately it's going to be if, and I don't want to give away too many secrets of the chat. Let's put it that way. But oh, there's a whole bunch on. of options. How did you know I was going there? There's a whole bunch of options. How did you know I was trying about. to like secret ninja into the 107 chat? It's it's okay. We've got a, a stud group of 107s uh, that we were talking a little bit about them before. But like we got a lot of options. But I do think quarterback early is where I'm probably going. I, I just think in a lot of the mocks that I've done and a lot of the ADP that I've seen and people talking about it this year more than ever, I feel like quarterbacks are rising in, in ADP, everybody wants to get that stud quarterback and lock it down. Um, and with the way the scoring goes in SFB with the the negative points for incompletions and, and the negative points for uh, fumbles or interceptions, I should say, yep, and things like yep. that, it really does boost that the quarterback, the good quarterbacks up. Those top tier, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, a smaller group than your normal super flex league, which makes it interesting. And I love Scott for doing that. But then, like I said before, you add that third round reversal and it's like, well, I don't want to yeah, have, dude. you know, one pick and then a second and then wait another 12 and miss out on the whole third round pretty much. Like I just, I feel, I worry that I'd miss on yeah. too many things that way. So just being in yeah. the middle, nice and easy. So, so what's, what's the consensus feel out of that one Oh seven Chad? Does <sighs> do you feel like a lot of people are going quarterback or are you getting pushed back with that strategy or? Well, so I think I, I always say this, it depends on what happens, right? There is no one yeah. way to play and you can't predict and say, I'm going to take X, Y, Z. I think the, the easiest way to put this is if Kelsey's there, I would be probably stupid not to take Kelsey depending on the way that the draft falls. Uh, if something like, CMC is still there. I'd be crazy not to take him. I'm assuming CMC and Mahomes and Allen and Murray are probably all going to be gone. And that leaves you with players like, I don't know, Herbert and Prescott, like some of those top quarterbacks. So ultimately, I, I feel like the way my mocks go that I feel the best about is when I start with the quarterback. So that's probably what I'm leaning. And I think, too, just the way that the way that the other positions fall and the way that everything is, if you miss out on a quarterback at that spot, it could be a minute. And then you're missing out on one of those top quarterbacks. So, yeah. I'd rather get a top quarterback and a second or third tier tight end than a top tight end and a fourth tier quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, cause the tiers yeah. are so different in this. Absolutely. And I'm concerned with how like the one Oh ones and the one Oh twos, like even up to the one Oh threes, how they react with that third round reversal 
with their late second round pick? Like, does that make them feel more apt to take a quarterback there? And then maybe you missed out on them because of how, I don't know. You never know like how this could affect the runs this year. And all of our drafts are going to be so much different once they kick yeah. out. So. Yeah. And they were all very different last year, but it was still, at least we're all in the same boat, but that third round reversal changes things. Cause there's a lot of players. I know even in, in our uh, one Oh seven chat, there are people that have done third round reversal for years and they like it and they're familiar with it. And that's, and I've had, I've seen threads on Twitter where people are talking about, that's why I picked the one Oh two. Cause I love that spot in third round reversal, you know, even though it okay. sounds like a disadvantage, it's an advantage because they don't like the people in the third round, you know? So it really comes down to how you value players. But I ultimately last year being on the closer to the turn at 102, it was kind of brutal sometimes with that long stretch and just seeing player after player after player like, oh, God, man, no one's going to be left. So I don't even know if the third round reversal would have changed my mind too much. I probably was sticking close to the middle anyway. Nice. I love it. I love it. Andrew, I appreciate you so much for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. Anything you want to tell them about? We mentioned fantasy pros, but anything else you're doing, let them know. And thanks a lot, dude. Yeah, no, I just, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Hall FF. I always love having a good conversation. And the way I always put it, and I've started using this term, I think it, it maybe it'll take off, but I'm not as much a fantasy analyst as I am a fantasy advisor, right? Like I'm just here to ex- advise a little, give a little guidance, but by no means am I saying I'm right and wrong. It's, it's impossible to say things like, I don't know, like, uh, Zach Wilson's going to be the the best third best QB this year. How can you how can you confidently say that? So right. my logic is let's play the let's play the numbers. Let's look at things and like take a look at what you got. And here's what I would do in your situation. But every yeah. league is so unique. You can't make a blanket statement that's correct for anybody. You know right. your league isn't so different. And we've talked about this on, on other you know in other formats mm-hmm. so to speak. But like go get your guys. You know find the guys that you think are going to have good years. Don't listen too much to the group think. But at the same time, if you can exploit it, I'm all for that. If you find somebody that you can you know flip for profit or get somebody else that you like more i love that kind of stuff so yeah that's that's where you can find me having those kind of debates hit me up on twitter and we can have a good talk love it man at the end of the day we're all just kind of another opinion that's right and and uh yeah i love it i am at swagzilla zero g this is at superflex city and we are dancing in the city thanks a ton dude Show with a plan and finding you that edge and squeeze it every